Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. I said first service, I would pay anything to get Pastor Don to do that again. (laughs) Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Can I have all the dads stand really quick? Come on, let's give these dads a hand. Dads, while you're still standing, while you're still standing. From us uh, here at Tree, we want to just thank you guys uh, for what you do, for uh, the heart that you show to your kids, um, and just for being here. This is amazing. Seeing all of these men, all of you here in church, you could have been anywhere else, but you're here showing an example to your kids, showing an example to your family, showing an example to the world that real men love Jesus. Amen. 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 So for everything that you do, we appreciate you here. Give them one more hand as they sit down. So all all my high school students, are y'all in here still? Did they sneak to the back? High school students? Oh, I see you back there. There's there's more somewhere. Did y'all have have fun at camp? High school students, middle schoolers? They're in the back, but yeah. There, thank you. Don't leave me hanging, (laughs) y'all. They're not going to let you come with me again. (laughs) No, the the students had an amazing time. um, And we had an amazing time. This is my first uh, summer camp. And it absolutely blew my mind uh, seeing, you know, what happened in the lives uh, of these students. My prayer, um, before we went and some of the leaders was asking, like, Pastor Dave, what do you want us to be praying for? And I said, I just want every single student that goes to have an encounter with Jesus. However that looks, you know, I just want them to have an encounter with Jesus. And I can honestly say that all 69 of those students had an encounter with Jesus. That's not a preacher number. (laughs) That's the real deal. Seeing, you know, that one testimony, Savannah, of, of, you know, her being filled with the Holy Spirit. We had so many uh, people, uh, students filled with the Holy Spirit, which was amazing. And it was so good seeing them unprompted, uh, just going and praying for other students. You know, we're, our group was, uh, they said it was uh, three times larger than any other group. And it was evident. They had to break our group up because we were so, uh, so large. But the staff came to us and they said, uh, came to me and said, you know, Pastor Dave, you've got an amazing group of kids. And it was so good to hear that. And what I told them was, I said, well, I've only been in there six months. So that's attributed to the the former youth pastor. And so Pastor Josh is an amazing youth pastor. And he raised some amazing, amazing, amazing students. So I was just glad to just kind of take the tor- torch and keep on running. And so to all of those that sponsor a student, sponsor um, uh, a bus, thank you so much. Your investment, didn't matter how big, how small it was, your investment um, caused lives to be changed forever. Um, and we've got some world changers 
uh, here at our church, and I'm just so honored to, to pastor them. And uh, but I'm grateful for this vacation that's coming up this week. <sighs> Jesus, <laughs> I had a student uh, tell me. He said, I said it on Friday when we were getting ready to come back. It's like, I'm ready for vacation. He's like, Pastor Dave, it's only been five days. I said, it's been five days for you. It's been five months for me. (laughs) This camp didn't just happen. But that summer camp happened because of an amazing person. And it wasn't me. It was Christy Jones, my admin. And I'm so grateful for her. So grateful for her. Pastor Cody's wife. I couldn't have done, uh, that summer camp wouldn't have been possible with her, without her. Um, she did everything. And then to all of the leaders that went, thank you so much for investing your time, your heart, your passion into the lives of these students. They were changed because of you. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, today, um, we're going to get into the message with the short amount of time I have left. We're going to talk from the subject of affirmed. We're going to talk about Uh, being affirmed from the subject of being affirmed. And I'm going to tell you guys a story. I'm going to tell you guys a story about a young boy around the age of six, seven years old. uh, This young boy began to realize that uh, he had a mom, he had a dad in the home, he had a uh, younger brother, and he started to realize that this dad, he didn't look like him. He didn't look like this dad, and he started to ask these questions. It's like, and then he would go around his family, and he gets around his family, uh, his dad's family, and he realizes that he doesn't even look like them either. So he starts to ask uh, his mom these questions. You know, is this, why don't I look like them? Why don't I look like the rest of, uh, of the family? Why do I look different at six or seven years old? And right around the same time that he's asking these questions uh, about his dad, his mom and his dad get a divorce at seven years old. So he's struggling now with an identity, and now he's struggling with guilt and shame because he feels like that his parents are divorced because of him. And so the next few years of his life, or several years of his life, he goes trying to, uh, to, to, to find his identity in other things. His mom was a great mom. She uh, did the best that she could, you know, with just... You know, her being a single mom raising two boys, she did the very best that she could. And she wanted to make sure that these boys were were manly men, is what she would say. But this boy was trying to find his identity that he didn't have because he's realizing now that he didn't know who his dad was. So his mom, one day, she gives him this picture. And it's a picture of this man, and the boy looks at this picture, and his eyes get big. And he looks at his mom and he says, this is who I look like. And he held on to this picture. He was amazed that he now looked at the face of the man that he looks like. The face of the man that was his dad. And then shortly after that, there was an anger that set in. Because now this is my dad and he's alive. And I've never seen him before. Well, why doesn't he love me? Why doesn't he want me? Why doesn't he call me? Why doesn't, why doesn't he come see, them, see me? How come he didn't help me learn how to shoot my first jump shot? How come he didn't help me to, to, to learn how to talk to girls? How come he didn't help me? There's this anger that sets in. So this boy goes and he tries to find identity 
and he searches in gangs, he searches in drugs, and he searches in hobbies and other different things, and he searches in all of these things to try to find this identity. Then he became a fighter. Because I'm not going to let anybody bully me, but I'm not going to let anybody bully anyone else. So he started fighting because he was trying to find this identity. If you haven't figured out, this young boy was me. This young boy who did not know who his dad was, was me. And realized that the dad that I was raised to know was not even my birth father, but he was an amazing guy. He still is. He's an amazing, amazing, amazing dad. And I call him my dad today. I sent him a text message this morning. And I said, Dad, I just want you to know that I love you. And if there was a picture of a perfect role model as a dad, it would be you. And I'm just so grateful to have you in my life. I made it through first service without crying. I'm going to try to do it today. Second service, so y'all stop it. So this boy, me, goes through life trying to find out who he was. So now unforgiveness has set in. Now anger has set in. And all of these things have set in because this dad was not in my life. And then I first, first met him when I was about 12 or 13 years old. And he wants to take me to my... AAU basketball game. I had a tournament that weekend and he wants to take me. And I play in this game and he's sitting there on the side. I don't even remember if he smiled or anything. I ended up spraining my ankle in the first game and I had to play another game. I had a couple hour break and he took me and got some ice and iced my ankle and tried to get me ready for, for the next game. And I played the next game and did, you know, really well. And then both of those games, because my dad was there, I scored over 20 points because I was just trying to prove to my dad that I could play basketball, that I was a good guy. Just to get my dad to tell me that he was proud of me. But guess what? It didn't happen. So I go through life dealing with anger issues. I go through life dealing with unforgiveness and all of these things. And I'm an introvert, so I go through life shielding myself from other people because I didn't want people to hurt me like my dad hurt me. My dad hurt me for not being there, so I'm not going to let anyone else get close to me because I don't want them to hurt me. And I remember several years into my marriage, my wife asked me one day, and we were going through some thing, issues, and she said, why won't you let me in? And I didn't know why. But as the years went along, I started to figure out why. And about three years ago, she told me, she said, you have to be delivered from unforgiveness. You got to forgive your dad. That's where it is. That's where the root is. You got you to let that go. And if you dealt with unforgiveness and depression and all of those things, because I dealt with depression as a result of all of this. In order to get free and to get healed from depression and to get healed from unforgiveness, you got to get down to the root and pull that thing up. I said this for a service. It's just like a dandelion. Who likes dandelions in their yard? There was one person that raised their hand. Don't raise your hand. You know you don't like no dandelions. <laughs> Nobody likes dandelions. But if you just cut off the top of that dandelion, what's going to happen? It's going to go right back. You cut it off again, it's going to grow right back. So you can say, I let them go, I let them go, I, you know, I'm moving on, I'm moving on, and then something happens, boom, and it comes right back, it resurfaces again. 
And that pain, you're faced with it all over again. The only way to get free from that is to get down, dig in that ground and pull that thing up from the root. It's only then that you will know that it will never come back again. And that's what the power of the Holy Spirit does. When we say there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, that power that's in the name of Jesus breaks open that ground, the ground of your heart, and gets down and pulls that thing, that seed, that root of bitterness and anger and loneliness and depression and unforgiveness and pulls that root up so that you can be healed. A year after my wife said that to me, some of you might have been here. It was a Wednesday night that I was preaching. And as I was standing here, uh, when I got up to preach, my dad walks down the middle aisle. I didn't know he was coming. I didn't even know he knew where the church was. But I get up to preach and he walks down the middle aisle. And if you were there, you know, I just got quiet. My eyes got big and I just stopped. I was thrown because my dad is walking down the middle aisle. He gives me a hug. He sits down. And I go and I preach a message. And then after I finish preaching, I sit next to him. And he puts his arm around me. And he says, son, I'm proud of you. And at 33 years old, it was the first time I ever heard my dad tell me that he was proud of me. All through life, I struggled with identity issues. I struggled trying to create something that was not because I didn't have my dad to affirm me. I didn't have my dad to tell me that he was proud of me. The next day after that service, he says he wants to spend some time with me and hang with me. I said, yeah, absolutely. So we go downtown to the Riverwalk. When he wanted to see the Riverwalk, we said we're going to walk around. We pull up in this parking lot, and when we get to the parking lot, he asked me a question. And that one question turned into three hours of us just talking. The question he asked me, he said, what do you think about me? And I turned into a seven, eight-year-old boy all over again. And I poured out years and years and years of hurt and pain to my dad. And I asked him a question. I said, I felt my whole life like you just didn't want me. I felt my entire life like you didn't love me. What did I do to make you not want me? And he answered some questions that I've been holding on to for years. But it was that day in that parking lot that I got free from unforgiveness, that I got free from the pain of my dad and not having him in my life. It was that day that I knew that my life had purpose. Some of you are in here and you know that pain. You know that pain. And I talked to some of the students. There's a picture in the video that you see you see me standing there and you see all the students just kind of sitting on the ground. It's at night in that recap video. And I shared this story with the students that day. And there were several, several of the boy students that were healed of that pain that I felt. They were healed of depression. And set free. 
The thing I know about God is this, if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. And I believe that even now God is healing some people right now. He's healing some dads and he's healing some sons. He's healing some daughters. He's healing you right now. He's breaking chains. I'm able to stand in this pulpit today because I got free from unforgiveness. Affirmed. To affirm something means to confirm its truth and strengthen it. It means to add value to something. Dads, never underestimate the power of affirmation. Never underestimate the power of I'm proud of you or I love you or you are so beautiful. I said his first service, of course, that my kids, because of the pain that I felt from my dad, I wanted to be, I wanted to be better than him. When I had my daughter and then when I had my son, it was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna prove to him that I can be a dad. I'm gonna prove to him that I can be better, a better man than he was. One of the, I said that to my dad when we were sitting in that car. And to hear the humility of my dad, he said, son, I'm grateful for Reggie. Reggie, is, I have his last name. That's my, my dad that my mom was married to and divorced. He said, I'm grateful for him because he taught you how to be a better man than I ever could. To hear my dad say that to me was amazing. My dad, Reggie, when I found out or when I finally met my birth father at 12 years old, and I went and talked to him about it, and I told him that I know, and he looked at me and he said, son, he didn't call me my name, he said, son, I'm glad that you found out who he was, but you will always be my son. And that was the last time, that was the very last time he ever talked about it. We ever had any conversations about it from 12 years old to now. The very last time. And again, I sent him that message this morning. He's an amazing, amazing guy. And he did teach me how to be a man. He taught me how to be a father. Just the love that he shows or that he showed to me and to, to my brother. It just, it just, it, it helped me to be the dad that I am today. And I heard that I was proud of, uh, he, that he was proud of me. He told me that. But it didn't carry the same weight that it did when my dad, my birth father, actually told me that he was proud of me. And so I know that I have to do the same thing for my kids, and I do. I remember when DJ was, was younger, well, he's 10 now, but when he was a few years ago, when he started to, to really have conversation and stuff like that, Things would happen, it didn't matter what it was. If he tied his shoe, if he made his bed, if he picked a piece of paper off the floor or some trash, he always wanted to know, hey dad, are you proud of me? Everything that he did, he would always say it. Daddy, are you proud of me? Dad, I tied my shoe, are you proud of me? Dad, I made my bed, are you proud of me? Look dad, I built these Legos, are you proud of me? And at first I was just like, okay, son, yes, I'm proud of you. Stop asking me that. <laughs> but I realized that my son was searching for affirmation. 
He wanted to know that his dad saw him and he wanted to know that his dad was proud of him. Didn't matter how big it was, didn't matter how small it was, he wanted to know that his daddy was proud of him. My little girl, sweetest little girl there is. If you know Ari, you know she is. And she's so beautiful. And from the moment that she was born, I will always tell her, you are the prettiest girl in the world. You're the prettiest girl in the world. And even now, she's 11, she'll be 12 in October. Still to this day, I ask her, and you probably heard me say this before. I ask her, I say, who's the prettiest girl in the world? She's like, I am. I ask her again, no, who's the prettiest girl in the world? She's like, me. And she gets this big smile on her face. But her daddy lets her know that she's the prettiest girl in the world. And so dads, if you've got little girls, you better affirm those girls. Because I remember being, let me come over here and talk to you. I don't know why I'm coming over here, but I'm coming over here. I remember being that 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 year old kid. And there's something, we're, we're, guys have this innate ability to see when a woman lacks affirmation. When she hasn't had a dad in her life. Or had, she may have had a dad in her life, but her dad didn't affirm her. Dad didn't let her know how valuable she was and how much worth she had. And so I could find those women. And I'd come around and I'd say, hey, man, you look pretty today. And then, got her. But for a girl like Ari, who's had her dad telling her her entire life, you're the prettiest girl in the world. There's nobody in this world more pretty than you. When a guy comes up to her looking and say, hey, man, you look pretty today. I know my dad tells me that all the time. <laughs> Dads never underestimate the power that you have in affirming your little girls. Never underestimate the power that you have in affirming your boys because if you don't affirm them, they're gonna get it somewhere else. And I know this isn't a message about marriage, but let me talk to some husbands today and let me talk to some wives today. Wives, if you don't affirm your husband, that young lady with that dress that's just a couple inches too short, that's just sashaying around everywhere, she's gonna affirm him. And husbands, if you don't affirm your wives, that guy that goes to the gym a little bit more than you do. <laughs> and I won't confirm or deny that that's the reason why I stay in the gym. <laughs> hey. I'll make sure I give her something to look at. <laughs> but guys, if you don't affirm that, affirm that woman, that guy that's walking around, that's wearing that cologne that she just loves, and you haven't worn it in a while, that cologne is going to hit her the right way one day. <laughs> and that man is going to give her something that you have not given her, attention. Affirm your spouses. Affirm your kids. Amen? Amen? Affirmation does a couple things. 
four things. The first thing affirmation does is affirmation seals purpose. It seals purpose. Let's look at Matthew 3 really quick with the few minutes I have left. Matthew 3, 13 through 15, in this particular passage, Jesus has come to John and he's come to be baptized. And it says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John, let a, John went ahead and baptized him. And what basically Jesus was saying was, is John, there is purpose attached to this. You have to baptize me in order for destiny to be fulfilled, in order for the fulfillment of righteousness to come. You have to baptize me. Affirmation seals purpose. And then affirmation helps to solidify identity. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, after Jesus is baptized, he goes in the water and then he comes out. And when he comes out, there's this voice that cries out. It says, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And what God was basically saying is, this is my son and I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. Jesus hadn't even started his ministry yet. He was 30 years old. And and so what God was doing was he was affirming or showing his approval of his life up to this point. He said, I'm proud of him. This is my son. So when the devil tried to tempt Jesus, as you know, right after this story, or not story, right after this occurrence, uh, in chapter four of Matthew, it says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. He goes in the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. After 40 days of fasting and praying, the devil starts to tempt him. And he says, tries to come at his identity that God had already affirmed him and who he was. The devil comes at him and says, if you are the son of God, if you are who you said you are, if you are and turn these rocks into bread. The next temptation, he says the same thing. If you are the son of God, then do this. But it was the affirmation that Jesus received from his father that confirmed, that sealed his identified, that solidified his identity. Let him know who he was. And when you know what your identity, you don't have to prove who you are. As you already know who you are. Jesus didn't prove his identity because he already knew it. And people try to prove things when they don't really know who they are. A lion doesn't have to prove to you that he's a lion. He just shows up. And don't let that joker start roaring. You're going to know that there is a lion in the midst and you better run or you're going to be dinner or lunch, or breakfast, or a midday snack. (laughs) Lion just shows up, and you know he's there, because he's a lion. Jesus already knew who he was, but God knew that Jesus needed to be affirmed by his Father. And I believe that God did it for two reasons. One, he did it for everyone that was out there, so everyone can hear that this is my son. And then he did it for Jesus so that Jesus would know, hey, son, I'm proud of you. 
Affirmation is not a one-time thing. Dad's affirmation is not a one-time thing. And maybe you have never affirmed your kids. Maybe you've never told your kids you're proud of them. Listen, start today. Start today. Don't allow your kids to be that 30-something-year-old boy and never hear you say that you're proud of them. You have the power to solidify their identity in the words that you say. Luke chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus is on the mountain with his disciples, and there's a cloud that comes, and it says, a voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. God affirmed Jesus again in the presence of other people. Affirmation solidifies our identity. And then affirmation adds value and communicates love. Psalm chapter two, verse seven. David wrote, I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. And there may be somebody in here. Your dad's not in your life. Hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Hear God speaking to you out of verse uh, out of Psalm 2, verse 7, you are my son, and today I have become your father. Mark, ele- Mark 1, chapter 11, or Mark chapter 1, verse 11. I love his account. Matthew said, this is my son whom I'm w- who I'm pleased with, but Mark says, you, he got a little personal. God talking to Jesus, you are my son, and I am proud of you. I love you, and I am well pleased with your life. God the Father loves God the Son, and he communicated that love by God the Holy Spirit. You see the Trinity at work there. You see Jesus on earth in the water being baptized, and God's in heaven speaking. As the heavens are opened up, the Scripture says that the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove and rested on Jesus. So you see Jesus, you see the Holy Spirit, and you see God. You see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity at work right in this one moment. And the Holy Spirit rests on Jesus and God communicates his love. God so loved his Son that he gave him the entire world for his possession. And he so loved the world that he gave his son for its redemption. The last thing that affirmation does is affirmation gives strength to overcome. If things that you're dealing with in your life or that you've dealt with in your life, that one word of affirmation will help you to overcome a lifetime of mistakes. Those four words that my dad gave me sitting right there on that front row helped me to overcome a lifetime of hurt and pain. I'm proud of you. There's power in that. It's not just a knowing of who you are that gives you strength, but it's the word that comes out of your mouth. You'll see in that, in that passage of scripture in Matthew chapter four, when Jesus is being tempted by Satan, he says, if you are who you say you are, Turn these bricks, these rocks into bread. And Jesus could have just not said anything, but he knew who he was, and then he spoke to that devil, and he said, listen, 
Get out of here. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then later on, he tempts him. He takes him up onto a mountain or a hill, and he says, look at all of that. I can give all of that to you. And that's another, well, that's another message, how when people say that God owns or is in control of this world, God's not in control of this world. If God was in control of the world, the enemy wouldn't be able to take Jesus on top of the mountain and say, I can give you all of this. There is a time coming when God's going to take back control. When Jesus comes back to this earth, he's going to take back control of this world. There is a time coming. And he needs us to help him to do that. Amen? So he takes him up and he says, look at all of this. I can give all of this to you if you just bow down and you worship me. And Jesus said, you fool. I'm paraphrasing here, of course. (laughs) He said, you're going to worship the Lord your God, and him only will you worship. The devil even tried to use the word. He said, listen, go ahead and throw yourself off the side of this mountain. And you know the angels are going to pick you up so you don't dash your foot against the stone. He tried to use the word against him. And that's how cunning and how slick the devil is. He'll try to take the word and twist it. But when you know who you are, and when you know the word of God, you can speak that word. The Bible says when you resist him, he's going to flee from you. He's going to run from you like in terror. Remember this. The same strength that Jesus had to overcome his temptations is the same strength available to us to overcome what we face. And lastly, as the team comes on the stage, dads, I want you to know that you're not too old for affirmation to be effective in your life, but to also be effective in the lives of your kids. You're not too old. At 33, I got affirmation from my dad, and it was just as effective as it would have been if I was five or six years old. You're not too old. If you haven't been affirming them, affirm them now. And some people are in here, you had amazing dads. Maybe your dad went home to be with the Lord, and your dad affirmed you. Your dad loved on you. Your dad let you know who, who you were, it helps solidify your, ident- your identity. We honor those dads today. You had amazing dads. And then again, you may have been one of those kids like me. But your dad wasn't in your life. But listen, you have a heavenly father. Well, I need a, I need a father here on this earth. Well, I'm sure you got an uncle. You got a grandfather. You got a coach. You got a cousin. You got a spiritual father. You got a pastor. You've got people in your lives that God will use to give you the affirmation that you need. No, I didn't have my birth father in my life, but dad, or, but father, God brought me Reggie. He brought my dad who loved on me, who affirmed me. And then when he divorced and seven years later, when my mom got remarried to my stepdad, he affirmed me as well. And I sent him a message this morning. And I thank my stepdad. He and my mom have been married now for over 20 years. And I thank my stepdad. I said, I thank you for two reasons. Number one, for loving my mother unconditionally. And number two, for helping me discover my calling. My dad is a pastor, my stepdad. 
He's a pastor in Detroit. And he helped me to discover why God placed me on this earth. And I'm walking in my calling right now because of my stepdad. So God will send you. God will send you what you need. He knows that you need the affirmation. And it may not be your birth father, but listen, open your eyes to see those that are around you, that are loving on you, that are affirming you. God didn't leave you alone. He sent someone. And then he loves on you too. You may, we've all been dealt a hand in our lives. For some it may be a good hand, for some it may not have been so good of a hand. But God, he doesn't ask you to change the hand that you've been given. He just tells you to use the hand that you've been given. I don't feel I was dealt a good hand in life. Some other people may think so, but I don't feel I was dealt that good hand. And God didn't ask me to change it. He said, use the hand that you've been given to help someone else. So I'm able to help other people that have dealt with dad issues because I've been there. I'm able to help get through some of those things and navigate some of those feelings and different things like that because of the hand that I was dealt. All things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Yeah, your hand may not be good, but all things, God uses all things to work together for your good. Amen? Dads, I'm going to ask you to stand really quick. And as these dads stand, if you're around your dad, if you're a, if you're a wife, if you're a kid and you're with your dad right now, I want you to just, I want you to look at your dad. And dad, I want you to look at your kids around you. And I want you to tell your dad, dad, I'm proud of you. Let your dads know that you are proud of them. Does that mean that they haven't made any mistakes? No. They probably made a lot of mistakes. I know I have. But they're your dad, and they need affirmation too. And then dads, if you got your kids around you, I want you to look at them. And I want you to tell them, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And maybe your dad isn't here. I want to stand in the gap for your dad. And I want to tell you that I'm proud of you. God is proud of you. Lay your hands on your dad right now, and I want you to take about 15 seconds, 20 seconds, and I want you to pray for your dad. I want you to pray for your dad right now. Put your hands on him. And whatever comes to your heart, I want you to pray for your dad. Let them know how much you love them. God is proud of them. They're amazing dads. Dad, you may you haven't done any, everything right, but I still love you. You are my dad, and I'm proud of you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.